0: Sometimes in order to live a life of purpose, one must sacrifice the spoils coveted by the rest of us. In order to live their dream of building a life and family business centered around running, today's guest, Justin Ricks, quit his corporate job and moved with his wife and two young children into the 60 square feet of their pickup trailer to save costs while building Mad Moose events from scratch. Today, Mad Moose hosts 20 events annually, mostly trail ultras in and around Moab, Utah and Colorado Springs, Colorado. The family business, co-owned by two generations of Ricks, is poised to grow in 2021 in spite of the effects of COVID on our industry. I think for most of us, 2020 has changed the perspective on how we look at our lives. So if you're looking for a nudge or a shove in the direction of following your dreams, please listen to this episode of the Athlinks podcast and get some inspiration from Justin and the rest of the Ricks. So if you're ready for the show, crank it up and let's go. Let's go. Welcome to the Athlinks podcast. I am your host, Troy Bousseau, coming to you from the icy sidewalks of Broomfield, Colorado. It is December 14th, 2020, and it is episode 18. Yeah. How are you doing, Justin? I'm doing good. How about you? I am doing fantastically. Thank you for coming by the show today. It is great to have you. We have Justin Ricks from Mad Moose Events on the podcast today. Uh, You guys are all over. We live um, just right outside of Boulder here, but I see your hats and and apparel all over the place. So uh, it's great to have you in here. Thanks for having me. Indeed. Um, so you've got um, kind of an interesting story here. You've um, you were a high school runner. Actually, going even farther back, um, your dad Thomas ran Leadville back in the day, the hundred. Yep, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Did he just do that the one time, or how many times did he do that? He did it four, four times. Yeah, and he never finished. Never finished. He didn't. Uh. Uh-uh. What was the What was the farthest he got? He got to the boat ramp, Tabor boat okay. ramp.
1: So what is that like? Six miles from the finish. Oh, wow. That is insane. Yeah, I was pacing him. And when he got to the boat ramp, I'd been with him since like... It was a fish hatchery then. It's like okay. hour bound now. I'd yeah. been there with him fish fish hatchery and we got to the boat ramp. He's like, I think I'm gonna drop. And I said, Yeah, I think that's a great idea. No kidding. It was like four or five in the morning. I yeah. was I was thirteen or twelve. I wanted to go to sleep, <laughs> you know. I, I didn't want to be out there anymore. I probably wasn't the best person to be pacing him at that point. Wow. But you know. No kidding. Yeah, he probably quits there. How far did you run with him? Just
0: from the fish hatchery to the boat ramp. So what that's like sixteen or seventeen miles. Yeah. Yeah. How was he running before them? Was he was he still able to to run or was he walking or was he 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 had been walking. Yeah. Um most of, I mean he'd been
1: walking he'd been running a little bit of the downhill coming down off a of sugarloaf but he'd been he, we we could have walked it in. Yeah. See, we had plenty of time. We had 5 hours. We could have walked in the last wow. 5 6 miles. I just you know, you, he had seven kids, you know, and, and he has to go back to work on Monday and he's got, you know, <laughs> you know, all the other fun things going on. And so I just think that he thought, you know, like I've given it everything I have for the day and, and, and you know... Call no kidding there. yeah mm-hmm. wow and my mom you know just let him back in the car so uh it was you know i don't think i don't think denise would have ever let me back in the car <laughs> if i'd gotten to that point no no she would have just been like mm, no, yeah, I'm not, she, you're not getting in the car yeah, we'll she, walk with you or you can lay down on the ground <laughs> and take a little nap but yeah she's uh
0: she's shaking her head right now saying no no definitely <laughs> not would not have let you in wow that is crazy i um uh, I, I paced a guy a couple of years ago and it was kind of a similar deal where we were chasing or we were being chased by the clock the whole time. Like each of the last two or three checkpoints we were in, we were just first one was like 10 minutes and then it went down to eight minutes and then five minutes. And when we went into, I think it was outward bound, uh, mile 75, I think that was outward bound you know they were waving their arms and yelling at us you know you're you're just about to hit the limit and so he was he made it out of outward bound maybe another 3 miles and it was getting so cold and stuff but it was but he he could not run he was i mean he had 25 miles it was middle of the night it was freezing cold i cannot imagine calling it quits 6 miles from the finish with especially you know well ahead of the time gap
1: yeah yeah um, i i was pacing my brother he, he was able to finish in 2019, and, Okay, and yeah, he he, he kind of was joking that, you know, like it seemed like a pretty good idea to get in the car because they were waiting for us at, boat, at the boat ramp, and he was like, I think I'm just going to call it quits there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> was, No, that's you're funny. not. No, you're not. That's funny. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll walk the rest of the way, and yeah. we did end up walking the rest of the way. I don't think we ran another step from, okay. from May Queen into the finish, so yeah. Yeah
0: that's a, I think, I don't know if everybody really understands how much walking there is involved in, in a race like that for most people. Um, I was at outward bound, I dropped my car there and then got the row, the car back to wherever I met him at mile 65. Um, but watching the leaders run through there, it was insane watching these people like run in, sit down, like be eating a piece of pizza and just, you know, oh yeah, you know, give me my blue shoes and, you know, this and that, like they were in the middle of a 5K. I mean, it was just absolute. These people looked fresh as daisies. And then just a few hours later, seeing the next group of people come through that did not look fresh as daisies <laughs> by any stretch. <laughs> have you done Leadville? I have not.
1: Okay. Any desire to? Yeah. I, I've been saying every year. Yeah. Yeah. Every yeah. year I've been. You You're know, a little
0: busy these days. A little busier uh, than yeah. I have been. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've
1: done the marathon and I've done the 50 mile, but I've never gotten out to do the the 100. So. Yeah.
0: It's a great – oh, man, I love I love running up in Leadville. It really is fantastic.
1: Yeah, I, I grew up running there, and so, yeah.
0: I mean, that's where we found trail running. And, and so, yeah, Leadville has a special place in my heart. Yeah. So when you're 13 and you're pacing your dad and he calls it quits 94 miles in, were you thinking to yourself, like, you were a runner at the time, you know, you were high school and stuff, but, like, did how did you – because this is – like, ultras are pretty – um sexy these days with Instagram and everything else. I mean, it's it's definitely like gotten into the zeitgeist and really captured the imagination of people with all the, you know, Born to Run and so many other great books. But at the time, what year was this when your dad did this? Uh, I think he, the first time he was 92 or 93.
1: Yeah. So yeah, we we uh, we set up our aid station or crew spot in the parking lot at Twin Lakes. Okay. So, and we just opened the van door and you just ran up to the van door now you yeah. got to park like a mile and, and jump on a bus and oh, ride yeah. in and all sorts of fun stuff. So yeah, it's definitely changed a whole lot. Yeah. And the at sports changed a whole lot. And At 13, were you thinking your dad was like a superhero or a total idiot? Oh, I thought he was a superhero. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were going out there every, you know, yeah. before the run camp was really the run camp. The very first year that people got together to train for Leadville, we were there for that, and so we would go every summer, and we would just camp, and we would rent cabins, and so it was just something that we did. Like once, once the snow left, we were in Leadville all summer long, as you know, as much as we possibly could as a family, and yeah. so yeah, we, we you know, it was
0: yeah, yeah, that's cool. And so your, um, your high school cross country was it like. At what point do you realize like, okay, I'm probably good enough to get a, you know, do this in college and move to the next level? Like how were, how good were you in, in, in the high school side of things? Uh, I, I, I,
1: I was all right, you know. I I think I was sec. I was second my sophomore or my junior year, and um, in the in the big division, so five A. And then I was fifth the next year, and I'd had big expectations my senior year, and and you know, like we were supposed to win state as a team, and things didn't quite work out the way they were supposed to. um, But you know, it all it all everything happens for a reason. So. yeah, I mean, from a very early age, I, I kind of always knew that I wanted to be a runner of my whole life, and yeah. that that, uh, that the ultra scene is where I was going to go. Even before, like you said, all it was yeah. you know super more popular, more mainstream, and still not mainstream, or popular, but yeah. I mean, just definitely more popular than it was back in the day.
0: Yeah. So. So you yeah. have six siblings. I do, huh? How many of them were runners as well? Pretty much all of us Pretty were. Of us. Yeah. So mm-hmm. total running family. So this, this, and we'll get into your sort of current story, but this has been a. Uh, this has been a theme in your family to kind of combine the the family maybe not the business with your dad but certainly the family business these days but uh, get the whole family running behind you. Yeah, yeah. We've yeah. been
1: we've been, you know, I've been running after I started running again, after, you know, getting a little heavy, um, <laughs> you know, I, I uh, we, we just I always tried to find ways to involve the family. I was working, a, you know, a corporate job and I was putting in 50, 60 hours a week and I was traveling. And so, you know, I didn't want to I didn't want to miss out on my family on Sunday. So I just. Made them come with me. Yeah, whether I was running up Pikes Peak, they just came. And even if they weren't like with me at the time, I knew they were on the trail. I knew they were at the bottom. Yeah, and we got to ride to the, you know, we got to ride together to to things. And uh, yeah, you know, we we'd go out to lunch and things afterwards. And so it just it just kind of turned into, you know just a a family activity and, um, you know, we never really forced our kids to run. It was just more like, Hey, you know, we're going to go out here and, and, uh, you should come along. So,
0: yeah. Did you, have they gone through any sort of, uh, ebbs and flows with it or have they been pretty consistent on the, Running, train. They've been pretty consistent until uh, COVID hit in March. Okay,
1: and then uh, you know my son's a senior, Mm. and uh, that that was really tough for him to lose that that track season. And he he uh, he was he had some depression and some you know he just I could just see it that he just was having a hard time with you know not really. Getting to finish up his senior year and that he felt like everything kind of gotten taken away from him, you know, with with everything that was happening. He'd worked so hard for so many years and had this great vision of like, you know, and all his good friends were on the track team and he was super pumped about the last season. So he really hasn't run since. (laughs) Since wow. COVID. Really. Okay. Yeah, and you know that's all right. You know, yeah. he'll find it when he's ready. Sure. You know, he's in he's in the running business, and so yeah. uh, he'll find it. He'll find his way back. Uh, he loves running, and so he'll he he's just on one of those downturns right now. But when he comes back, he'll be stronger than he ever was. Yeah. My daughter never loses focus, <laughs> even when I try to get her to just be like, hey, you know, like it's okay to gain a little weight, and it's okay to take a couple of days off. I sort of have to force her. Wow. To take those days and that wow. time off. She she's yeah. She's yeah. more the, the one that I have to be like,
0: no, you can't do that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, that's pretty interesting. Um, okay. So you um, you wrap up your high school running career. You get into college. Um, and you, what year did you guys meet? What year of your schooling did you we meet? Were, we, we met right away. Right away. Freshman year. Yeah. So okay. that was
1: like 98. So okay. we graduated from high school and... Met Denise you yeah. know, a few months later on the cross-country team, and we started dating in October. Okay. Yep, and then we've been together since. Wow.
0: Yeah. And so you knew each other sort of vaguely through high school running in the local area. Yeah. Right, and then ended up at the same college. Yep. And uh, And so how many years did you run in college? I ran for a year, and then I took a year off and then ran again. Okay.
1: And Denise ran for one year. Got it. And then and then called it good after that.
0: Okay. Was that... Uh, um, well, I, I, I keep forgetting you're not mic'd up. I was going to ask you a question. It's okay. Um, so uh, getting through, like, when you, you know, you meet your wife, are you... The, the idea of, at this point, you know, with your dad, with your siblings, with yourself, with your running, um, how much of a... Like, was that kind of a deal breaker for you? Were you looking to um, date and then, you know, marry a runner? Was it that important to you or were you even thinking that, or did you just happen to fall for another runner?
1: I, I always wanted to marry a runner because okay. I always
0: wanted to have kids that were runners. Yeah.
1: And, uh, but I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't, it wasn't like really planning. Sure. It just happened the way that it happened. And so,
0: yeah. 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 I'm just, I'm, I've, I've I had uh, a couple on, uh, one of the first episodes, Lindsay and Chris Sachs. And, and I asked them the same question. Like, was that was that something you were kind of looking for? Was that a deal breaker for you? Because we we tend to think a lot about like religion or politics or finding those common things that, you know, form the core of a great relationship. And I think the um, the hobby side can be good and bad because like when you're both fighting for that same time resource, it can be really challenging. Um, and so I'm just, I'm always curious to see how people kind of approach that side of things.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. With, with with the running part, you know Denise always sacrificed for me, especially because yeah, well. I was I was at work all day, and it was just something that I wanted to do. So,
0: yeah, yeah. So it worked out though. It worked out. Yeah, it yeah. worked
1: out. It worked out. It worked out well. Mm-hmm. It's nice
0: when there's a light at the end of that tunnel too, where you're kind of like pushing the jog stroller and stuff, knowing and well, yeah, I guess you're hoping that eventually one day those kids are going to be running alongside with you and stuff, and you know that's. Uh, it is great to be able to build that kind of running life around your family and stuff.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's important to to have the same kind of hobbies. I, I think when Denise and I met each other, we, we didn't really know what we were doing. I had I had really no idea what was going on. I didn't have any values. Really, I mean, I had some things that my parents had taught me, but I didn't really know what I really wanted. So we got to grow up together. Yeah, and we got to find those
0: kind of things together. Yeah, so. Well, neither of you look old enough to have uh, a twenty-year-old and then a recent graduate from high school too. So this was pretty young. I mean, when you started having having kids and building the family. Yes. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. 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 We met when we were eighteen, and uh, Malachi was born three years later. Okay. So, yeah, we were twenty-one.
0: Got it. So yeah, we didn't we didn't get you know a whole lot of time. Uh, man. But now we have it now, though. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, you put down you put down the bottles of booze for the baby bottles, and that's that's like the twenty first birthday. Is you're having kids? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But as you say, now you know you sort of got that chapter closed, and now you're you're off to the next chapter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you so your kids are growing up, you're um, how consistent then did you stay? So once the kids are born, did and you you leave college? Do you and you're starting your corporate gig, did you just maintain that level of running and, and fitness, or did you uh, sort of take take a hiatus from that? Yeah, I, t- we, I took a,
1: quite a bit of a break. <laughs> quite yeah. a bit mm-hmm. of a break. I, I'd probably run a little bit too much in high school mm-hmm. and kind of come to college just a little burnout. So when I met Denise, <laughs> I was just like, "There's just way better things to do than run," yeah. and it just it just wasn't something I wanted to do anymore. Yeah. And so you know, I, I I stopped doing that. And then Denise got pregnant, and so I was like, "Well, I should probably drop out of school so I can have health insurance." Mm. So I got a job just uh, selling cars. Wow. Yeah. And so I was selling cars and and decided like this isn't this isn't for me. So I. Uh, I, I I quit the car job. I went and and uh, went rolled back into into college again because I just wanted okay. to, I wanted to coach cross country. Yeah, and I wanted to teach math. Okay. and so um I thought you know I mostly just wanted to coach cross country. Yeah. the math part was just yeah <laughs> it was just part of the <laughs> deal. The <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know I, I, I like kids and I like running and so being able to be in the school and recruiting I just wanted to build like a really great program. Yeah. So um but you know I I had another opportunity that came up. I was just working a job delivering and furniture and things. And they gave me an opportunity to run my own store. And so I just dropped out of school wow. again for a second time, took the corporate job, moved my family to Alamosa, opened up a store and just committed my life a hundred percent to that. And, uh, I just quit running completely
0: hundred percent and just focused everything I had on that yeah. and starting my family. Yeah. Did you, did you recognize at the time that like running was maybe, one of the things that got you successful in that other situation or like in your life where running was this important piece to your success or was it, did you not really link the two together? I mean, I think running definitely helped me stay, you know, gave gave me
1: purpose and, and goals to achieve so that when I got to my, my job, my, my, my career that I had, it was a lot easier to, you know, because when you get up every day, put your shoes on a grind, you know, it's not as hard to go to work. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I thought the running definitely prepared me for that. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. And so, did you consciously kind of leave it behind and let this, let the job encroach on that, or, or was it just kind of like it, just life happens kind of thing? It was kind of just a life happens kind yeah. of thing. You know, I had I had two
1: newborns, I had a, a brand <laughs> new, you know store that I was running. I had opened it from from the ground up from everything. And so I just spent a ton of time. I was just a young kid. I think I was only 24 years old, wow. and here I, 23 years old, something like that. Here I am managing a store. I was the youngest person in the store. And, and a year later, I got promoted to run the whole the whole district. Wow. And I, again, was like the youngest person in the whole entire... I had 50, 50 employees and I was the youngest person in the <laughs> whole place. So you know, I, I kind of gave up my whole entire life for yeah. that job. And um, I, w- I worked that job, you know, in that same position as a, as a district manager for a couple of years. And then they wanted me to take a, a regional job and they wanted me to move to Mississippi and Georgia and Tennessee and North Carolina and wanted me to run those four states. Yeah. And I kind of just looked up at the people that were above me. And, and the thing that I noticed was, uh, that just, you know, they, they they were overweight, and they 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 their divorce rate was really high, mm. and their kids didn't really like them a whole lot. And so I just came home and was like, hey, you know, they want me to take a promotion, but I think I'm going to do the direct opposite of what they think I wow. should do, and I think that's I'm going to look for a different 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 career. Different yeah, mm-hmm. and I'd you know I I'd, I'd gotten kind of uh, i gotten overweight, I'd gotten up to like 250 pounds, probably gained you know like. When I was in, in peak marathon shape, yeah. I was 170. Okay. So um, I'd gained 80 pounds, and I was and I was completely focused. I mean, I was. We were really. I was yeah. really good at what I did, and and we were super successful. I mean, I was the youngest person to ever be promoted into that position. And yeah. then here they are, a couple of years later, they wanted me to to move up. But I mean, I had to give up everything. and yeah. you know, I was on the road all the time. And so, I, what re, what really changed was is um, I just decided one day that. I didn't want my kids to not be active like me Mm. and then I wanted them to be more active. And I was having a hard time just even keeping up with them as they ran around in the, you know, here I come from like a, you know, sub 16 minute 5k or in high school to to where I can't even keep up with my kids just a few years later. And so I just, I, I, I told Denise, like, I got, I got to do something different. This isn't just working for me. so I started losing weight and once I started losing weight, I just never wanted to go back to work again. Wow. And I would get spring fever every single year. So once the weather would get nice, it would get even worse. And I just, I just didn't want to go back and I'd just be stuck in the office all the time and, 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 working 60 hours and traveling. I mean, I got to still go to really cool places and I got to run in cool places every day, but I just, it would just, I just was not, you know, I found running and I'd found like a whole different kind of life that I wanted to live and I wanted to be around my family more. And so, you know, I quit the corporate job and, and, Enrolled back in school again, and I oh. wanted to be a teacher <laughs> again. I was going to go back and coach cross country because that's really I just wanted to run, yeah. and I just loved running so much, and I liked giving
0: back to to youth. Got it.
1: Um, running, and there's just nothing better than high school cross country. Yeah. I mean,
0: so let me so let me stop. So go going back, you had you had started running then before you left. That the corporate gig? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so s- you are starting to recognize like I'm giving I'm giving things I'm not willing to give for this job. Right. Okay. So yep. it wasn't like, hey, here's this opportunity of a promotion which fully forced you to kind of look around at the situation you were in. It sounds like that was maybe the straw that broke the camel's back where you were you were already starting to, to uh, recognize that this job was, was asking things again that you weren't willing to give. You had started to put your life back in a direction that you wanted to see it. And then it sounds like it was the sort of offer of the next step that forced you to come home, look your wife <laughs> in the eye and say, hey, this thing that we've all been talking about, like more money and more you know, opportunity and all that stuff, I'm just going to go ahead and say no. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just, I didn't want it. Got it. I just wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. And so you said that she'd been the one sort of sacrificing early on when you were running and things and making sure that the kids were taken care of and given your space on that side. Was it, was it equally as selfish or selfless when you decided to say, I want to go back to school and go teach instead of doing this other thing? I mean I
1: thought so. Yeah. Yeah cuz I just I mean some people didn't understand why. I mean I had a really great job. I was making good money and and they didn't understand why and I just I just wanted to be around my family. Yeah. I just thought my family was more important than anything, you know, any mm-hmm. any anything whatsoever that that you know um I just I just wanted to be around them more. Yeah. And and Denise was getting close to finishing her degree. And so, I mean, she was going to be a teacher already, mm-hmm. so it just made sense. Like, I just wanted to hang out with her all yeah. the time. And Mr. I thought, and Mrs. Ricks, and yeah. be
0: the would, would she have been the the girls' cross-country coach, probably? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: yeah, and so we would have just split up the responsibilities, and we would have gotten to hang out together at the school level, and yeah. we could have been there for our kids as they went through high school, and we sure. could have gotten to coach them and things of that sort, but yeah, I, I, uh, I met a another race director and, okay. and then just got into it from there. So wow. I, I never ended up going back to college the second time okay. I, I enrolled in school, but then I just unenrolled before the semester even started.
0: Were you, do you think that when you met this race director, were you kind of looking, uh, I mean, it sounds like you were pretty committed to going to school though and, and chasing this dream of a cross country coach and stuff. What, what was the thing that about events that made you give up that side of things? Cause that had to have been like, that's kind of a sure thing, right? It's a pension. There's a, you know, a, a state job. There's all, It's a very safe path to having two teachers, you know, that's very safe, obviously, right. you know? So what was it about the events that kind of got in your head and said, Oh yeah, that's, that's an easier path. Uh, I don't really know. Uh, yeah. I, I kind of, again,
1: it just all comes back to running. Like when I was in college, I, I, had talked to a buddy about maybe starting a running store together. And okay. the idea was we would just start a running store in Colorado Springs. And, and part of that was going to be, we were going to host events. I mm-hmm. always wanted to do our, what is now our Pike's Peak Ultra event. I always I, I kind of been talking about that mm-hmm. event for 10 or 15 years, even though um, I never really had any plans of being an event organizer it really was just more like, I want to be a store owner yeah. who does some <clears throat> events to, you know, promote the store and other, those other kind of things. And so, yeah, yeah, just, you know, when I met him and, and, and he was looking for a business partner and he wanted to expand the business, it just made sense to me to not go back to college that this was, this, this was an opportunity for me and that I I just couldn't, couldn't pass up on it. So what was his business? Was he a running store owner? He, he owned Red Hot, Red Hot, um, trail racing Moab, he owned Red Hot and he owned, uh, a Moss and he was doing mass 50 at the time. Okay, so you kind of absorbed some of those into what because the Red Hot's still around. Well, he, um, we were business partners for a year, but it didn't end up working out. Okay, and so we ended up splitting. Mm. Um, but I do now have those events. Okay, got so, it. So um, I did, I did purchase those events last year. Oh, okay. Oh uh, no, actually in 2019. Okay. Yeah. So last year would have been my first year directing them, and I did
0: direct Red Hot before. Okay. Before
1: COVID happened, but okay. but a Moss that we never we got never it. did
0: that one. So. So going from like uh you know. Wanting to be a cross-country coach, not that that's not hard work, but again, it's a very safe, structured type of environment. You're not chasing, it's not like you have to market, try to get kids to come to, you know, be on your cross-country team. Um, And then even taking it to the next step, which is like, okay, we would just want to like run events out of the back of our store. That's very different than having this big like 20 race uh, you know, year round calendar that you have now with Mad Moose. So was that just a gradual thing? Well, one, one step further. So how, how far into your journey now, you said you got up to like two fifty. you were kind of trying to get back into shape. You leave, um, your corporate job. What are you doing, um, to make money in the interim and then sort of how is your health journey at this point? It, it, after you saying after my corporate job, yeah. So you just decide, I, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks. I'm out of here.
1: I, I was fortunate they were doing some restructuring. Okay. And even though they want they were they were eliminating the bottom ten percent of the company, and then basically giving the top ninety percent their ten percent worth of work. And I yeah. just said, hey, I don't want to be here anymore. Can you just give me one of those severance packages? Oh, interesting. And so I, I got a severance package, and I was able to. We we moved into our camper. And just hit the road for five months. And we just traveled and just lived in the camper. The kids slept in the tent. It was just a truck camper. It wasn't even like a a big RV. It was just a truck bed camper on our Tacoma. It wasn't even like a big truck either. And so we always joke we had like 60 square foot of space. And we just kind of like hung out together for five months in that little truck. And it it was so cold the whole entire... Because we started the trip in February.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: And so I think I think it rained at every single one or snowed at every single one of our campgrounds until something like May. Wow. Yeah. So but you know what? I was just so excited to be done with my job that I'd I c would have slept under a bridge in a cardboard box. It's I would have been so happy. Yeah. I would have been
0: so happy. And so
1: yeah, it was, you know. No
0: kidding. Yeah. So yeah, let's do the math. Sixty square feet is ten by six, folks. Like mm-hmm. that's a that is for Four people at this yeah, point? Was uh-huh. your, yeah, your, uh, your, um, your daughter's older. Yeah, your daughter's. Yeah, she's a senior in yeah, high school yeah. now, yeah. Yeah, okay. Wow. So, oh, wait, no, so she's younger. She's a senior and he just graduated. Oh, he so, just, okay, yeah, yeah. So he's 19 and Got she's it. she'll
1: be 18 in March. So
0: you have the two of you, you have your babies in the, in the basically a camper on the back of a pickup yeah, truck, essentially. Yeah. How do you, I mean, I don't even know how you, how long did you live like that? We, the, f- the first time was five months. Five months. So, and we did
1: it a second time. The business has gotten to a point where I was just kind of, you know, it, it was growing. Yeah. My fault. It, it, wasn't, it was growing fast because I was making it grow fast. And I, it was kind of one of those things that it was like, hey, uh, Denise was teaching um, in Colorado Springs at the time. She was teaching at the middle school and she was the co- cross-country coach. Okay. And uh, I just kind of was like, hey... I'm either going to cancel some of these events or you're going to quit your job and you're going to help me full-time. And so she quit her job full-time. We moved back into the camper. Part of that was because um, we knew that we could... Invest in our company a little better if we didn't have a place to live and we were just yeah. living out of the camper. And it also would force us to kind of hit the road. So we just mm. hit the road, took the, went to every race we could possibly find, and uh, ran races, went to expos, just yeah. you know, just meet and greet, just met people and 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 told them about our business that yeah. know, these races that we were going to start in these really cool places. And so. Yeah, so we, we did it for five months the first time. The second time, we got a little smarter and got like a 23 foot camper. So we got a little smarter the second time. Still didn't give us a ton of space, but yeah. it still wasn't, you know, it seemed like it we did were. Something. Oh, yeah, it seemed like we were. Living large in that camper <laughs> for the next year after that. So wow, yeah. So, but, and the kids just slept in tents. I mean, they were they oh, they slept man. in a
0: tent for 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 basically eighteen months over over like a four year period. So okay, so they so they're pretty young at this point still. Like, do they remember that? Do they yeah? Do they think about that? And- I, they were like. 12 yeah so they it wasn't it wasn't too too long ago okay so the four years was broken up into two stints I, I thought yeah, yeah it okay. was just
1: they lived in a tent for 18 yeah, yeah. months out of four years okay so it was it. we went on a six-month trip and then we we didn't we weren't you know on the road for a couple years while Denise was a teacher and then yeah. back out on the road again to take the business on got it. you know the, the new the new race directing business out on yeah. the road so
0: so when you're going and you're going to these other races, you're meeting athletes were, were other race directors pretty supportive of you? Were they helping you along the way? Did you meet a lot of other race directors? Um, yeah. 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 I mean, we'd been, I'd been
1: running tons already. Yeah. So I knew most of the race directors cause I probably emailed them asking them for a free entry, you know, <laughs> for an elite entry into the race. And so I, I, I knew most of them and a bunch of them. We got some cool opportunities. Like Tejas Trails, which is is an organization in Texas, hosts this event at, at these ranches in Texas. And so a couple of those events, we just were there for a whole entire
0: week. Wow. And so we got to, like, hang out and watch them and, you know, and so... Yeah. And were you picking up stuff along the way, obviously, of just like, oh, I like how this company's doing that and the other thing? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we go to those races. We go to races all the time
1: just to see what other people are doing to see if they have anything, any good ideas that we could, you know, utilize for our events.
0: Who designs your hats? You guys have the best looking hats that I've ever seen on (laughs) events. So, so Boco does all the hats. Okay. So, they They, help you with the designs. They do, but we have a really
1: good logo guy, and he's in Moab. Okay. And then, um, yeah, I just I just take those logos, I take what Boko gives me, and then I'm just really tough on Boko and just, I just, yeah. I just we just really, li- I just really like good looking stuff. You yeah. know, if I'm not willing to wear it, then, you know, I, I, I don't think my customers are going to wear it. So anything that I'm willing to wear, then I think a majority of our customers will wear. And so, yeah, yeah that was kind of, that was kind of the idea behind it was like, I don't want to give anything to anybody that I'm not willing to wear. Right. If
0: I'm not going to wear it, then. Yeah, we're big Boco fans. We use them quite a bit, especially on the lifetime side of things. But uh, yeah, I, I remember uh, right when I moved up here, well, I think five years ago, there was a, a lady at the gym, and she would always wear her mat. And I was like, you know, you're like trying not to look at you know another woman in the gym and stuff. But I'm like, man, what is that hat? And then, so I finally kind of got a, up close enough, and then I looked you guys up, and I was like, okay, so yeah, you guys, um, I think it's the Moab. Uh, it's one of the Moab half marathons, either spring or fall. My son and I were going to do this past year when COVID happened. And so he finally got to the point where he kind of has gone through his own little journey. I don't know if your kids went through this, but like at first they're like, he was just kind of like, he was running, you know, he did cross country, did track, but was like, I'm not going to run in college, like why try kind of thing. And then all of a sudden his junior year, he just like, it just lit a fire. And then he's like, Oh, I want to do a half marathon. And, you know, I'm like, well, there's this, you know, cause we drove up through Moab when we moved from Phoenix. He and I did a little road trip and stayed at uh, Moab under the stars, a little outdoor camping area and stuff. So yeah, nice. it's got, it's got a, it's got a sweet, but sad spot in our heart. Cause it like, he was great through our move up here. And it was when we hit Moab, the waterworks just, <laughs> he just started bawling. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> we were going to go running at Arches, but we ended up just going, getting a pizza and some root beers and, sharing a good (laughs) cry. So, yeah. Yeah, It's
1: a pretty cool place though. Yeah. It it,
0: it is. I mean, I was going to ask you about that. So like you, on one hand, you know, if you're in a place like Chicago or Denver, you know, these big cities, it's easy to just throw on an event and you're going to grab a thousand people just by virtue of a decent weekend and just being in a good market. So, You know, when I'm looking at, you know, Pueblo, Moab, um, Colorado Springs, a lot of, I mean, Colorado Springs is a pretty decent sized town, but, you know, certainly Moab, how, how sure were you, like, as you're picking these locations that like, oh, I'm going to be able to build a business around these, these destinations where there isn't necessarily like a built in population, but I'm going to be able to put together enough of an experience to get people to drive out here.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think Moab is a real tough sell. So I you just have to go out and run and then and then and you just get on the trails and realize that it's not going to be that hard to sell it, that, yeah, that it just sells itself, and it's not just the trails, it's everything else that's going on in town between the national parks and everything else and the and Dead horse State Park. There's just so many great things to do, yeah and so. It, when we host events, it's, we know that runners are not coming just to run the race, right. that they're coming to like see and explore places they've never seen. They, they want to see stuff on Sunday, and they want to be able to go get good food, and they want to be able to stay at a decent place. So yeah. when I looked at everything, I thought, yeah, this has everything that, that, that uh, our runner base would want. Um, I, I never thought it would be as popular that it was, was. and so um, every year that the races just continue to get more and more popular, I was like, "Well, we should just start another one." Yeah. And so, I mean, we've got nine in the area, whether we started them or acquired them, right? Because we've acquired a few in yeah. town, so we pretty much acquired most of the other shorter distance stuff. So, um,
0: yeah, yeah. What do you prefer to put on? Do you like doing the ultras or the like uh, the shorter stuff? I don't know. Is it easier? Like, is the is it fun enough for, it's kind of like coming from a, like I did triathlons forever and then just the thought of doing a 5k was so boring to me. But so is it the same from a race director standpoint where you're like, yeah, it's easy, but like who cares? Or do you like doing the shorter stuff?
1: I, I like doing the longer stuff. Okay. It, it's a lot better than the shorter stuff. The shorter stuff's fine. Um, but I, th- the longer stuff is a lot more rewarding. So yeah. the, the trail and ultra running stuff's a lot. And and that kind of shows like we've got uh, our fall half marathon mm-hmm. and I've got a Thelma Louise marathon that's, or half marathon that takes place in Moab okay. on the roads. Those vents are no longer going to be on the roads. So I'm moving those in 2021 to the trails. Mm. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not really, I mean... People have said from the beginning that I wasn't really into the road races and, and they, they were correct. I, yeah. I'm not really into them. They're just not really my deal. I mean, we'll, we're going to keep Canyonlands. I mean, it's been around for 50 years. You can't change that one. Mm-hmm. But the other two, I just, I tried for a couple of years and I just, I quit my corporate job because I just wasn't like having a good time. Yeah. And so I decided that I wanted to have a good time with this next business that I started. And in the last year or two, kind of with the road scene, I was like, I don't, I don't really know. Like, this is feels huh. a little bit more than what I really wanted, and um, you know, it feels a little bit more like the work that I used to have. And so, when COVID hit, it was kind of like it put everything back into perspective again, yeah. um, and and just reminded me why I would quit my corporate job before, and that yeah. like I want to do things that that are that are that are fun for me and fun for the family and things of that sort. And then we wanted to eliminate the negativity and some of the negative energy. And it wasn't just like just the road scene, but just, I mean, when you close, when there's only three roads into a, yeah. a, a tourist town, and people have come like really far, and you close one of those three roads, and they've been planning on driving that road, yeah, um, or the tourists can't get out of their houses for four or five hours. Oh wow. no, The tourists, the, the locals, yeah. Then um, there's just some negative energy evolved with those kind of closures, yeah. and so we just kind of we we tried to play the politics. And, yeah. you know, I, I never thought that when I uh, acquired the half marathons in Moab that I would become somewhat of like involved in government as much as
0: I am. Yeah. And, and so I kind of have this year's decided to... to. So it's easier to put on the trails from a political and, and permitting and all that it, s- standpoint?
1: I mean, I wouldn't say that it's easier. It's, it's just... I mean, we can. We the trail running community is just different than the road yeah. running community. The, the trail running community is willing to, plan to help us. You yeah. know, they're willing to, to come and volunteer, and they're willing to mm-hmm. to, to help our events be successful
0: because it's more of a community. Yeah. So you were getting different athletes. You were getting sort of a road group and then a trail group.
1: I, I was. Races. Yeah. And, and, and the crazy thing was, is the only people that were volunteering for my road races were all Your my trail runs. and ultra runners wow. who were doing it because we have a great volunteer program and because they, they love Mad Moose in our yeah. community. And so, um, I, I get zero and I don't want to say zero, but I get like zero road runners that volunteer okay. at our events. So wow. I didn't just, it, it you know, in a town like Moab where um, it, it just is hard to get people involved in, in the race. I mean, they've already got so many other tourist things going on. Right. They don't want to volunteer on the weekends. It's just, it's very challenging to mm. get the groups, even though we donate to, you know, we donate to a lot of different nonprofits and youth groups in town. It still is. A, it's still
0: a challenge. Yeah. I so. wouldn't have expected a completely different set of, of runners. Cause it's not like it's, um, I mean, Moab is such a, I mean, it's such a trail town, you know, like I would just expect, well, okay, I'm going to do Moab, but I'll be on the road this time instead of the trail. So it's interesting that you were getting a whole different kind of core group of runner out there for the road races. It, we've seen some of the, I mean, since we acquired, I mean, the
1: reason why we acquired those half marathons was because we wanted that road customer base. We wanted that diversity yeah. within our market. And we wanted to be able to encourage those runners to come to the trails because we thought that when they came and experienced what a trail race was like, they would never want to go back to a yeah, half marathon. No kidding. And we started seeing, <clears throat> um, like our land shirts from like, 2010 and 2012 now showing up to our trail events, mm. um, and so um, acquiring those halves, even though we pretty much dismantled that entire business, it, we still got everything that we wanted out of it because we've converted a lot of trail yeah. or trail runners over from the road scene.
0: Did you did have you consulted with a lot of those runners, or or did you just sort of unilaterally make the decisions to say this is how we're going to do it, and and uh, or did you get a lot of feedback from the like, I guess, how hard of a decision was it to make this decision? It wasn't that hard
1: of a decision. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we just get a lot more support. I, I, our road events should be way more popular. You would just think just naturally a road event would be more popular. But, um, I mean, I think that the key is is people are more willing to drive to Moab for a 50-mile <clears throat> or yeah. a 50K compared to a half marathon. And, and those half marathons were really, really popular. The Moab yeah. ones were really popular back in the early 2000s. But there just wasn't really a whole lot of other events going on at the time, yeah. and so people would go there because there was really nothing else mm-hmm. happening. And so, okay. um, I, the markets changed a whole lot yeah. <laughs> in ten years. And so, um, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't challenging. All the only people I really consulted was was, you know, with my brother and 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 Got my it. family, and just yeah. trying to figure
0: out like what they thought and. You know, so when I think when I think about that, like chain from like Beaver Creek down to like Monument Valley, like if you could easily do a nice long week of just, you know, unbelievable mountain biking through Fruta and, you know, Moab and, you know, trail running like that's a pretty epic part of the country for that type of activity. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, why would you want to, frankly, do a half marathon on the road? <laughs> yeah. I, and that's kind of how I felt. I just, I'd started yeah. looking at all the logistics and
1: I started seeing like what kind of an impact we had on our community. Yeah. And being that we're locals, you know, we, we knew that, I mean, our community is just, yeah. it's going through some growing pains in, in Moab with, yeah. with, with the tourism and, and the mm-hmm. popularity of, of the national parks and, and, and Moab just in general. So, yeah. you know, we just wanted to limit our impact. And we also wanted to ensure uh, the future of our events, you know, and so every year that we were closing the roads down, it's just harder and harder on the community, which puts more pressure on us. So, you know, if we just make the right choices from the very beginning, then we can um, ensure that our, that our events are going to continue for the long term.
0: Yeah. I like how you think about things and just from like a very intentional standpoint where, you know, it's like the. Like, I'm not having fun putting on this event. And yes, we have customers, but at the same time, you know, if I don't kind of holistically look at this, then the whole, you know, like it's going to affect the rest of the business too.
1: I I think if if, if runners had done... Arches Half Marathon or yeah. Canyonlands Half Marathon, and then they'd come out and to do one of our trail events. They would notice that we really like the trail events <laughs> a lot better, and that we put in a lot more energy and effort yeah. into the road events just because we like them so much more. Well, so, it's funny.
0: I, like I did New York City Half years ago, and I I think about like um, like I love architecture, and so I'm thinking of the Guggenheim and, you know, running down Fifth Avenue and all of the architecture that's all around me where you're in a place like Moab, the architecture is arches. It's all these amazing red rock formations and everything. So like getting closer into, you know, it'd be different like New York City half if I'm like a mile away and I I know Guggenheim somewhere out there <laughs> versus running right past it. It's, it's the same thing in Moab. It's like, well, take me as close to those things as I possibly can, you know? Yeah, like really get me in the dirt.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty magical. It's a pretty, it's a pretty special place.
0: It really, truly is. Like I, I mean, we've all seen the pictures of you know, like the red rocks and all of that, and you know, it's and there's various parts of the country down there. Growing up in Phoenix, you know, there was Sedona and all that stuff. But when I pulled into Moab, there's a. I don't know, there's just a different, there's like a magic that lives in that place. It's just super, uh, it's just intense. Like it's like, you just, you don't even, you can't drive through it without, you wanna get out of your car and go run. Yeah,
1: I, I think the best way I can explain it to people is you've got like, you got like the Grand Canyon, you got Monument Valley, you've got like Bryce, Yeah, we've got hoodoos, we've got giant monuments, we've got giant canyons. We may not have as big as canyons like Grand Canyon, but we've got (laughs) everything that everybody else does in one place. Plus, we have a thirteen thousand foot mountain. Yeah, and so it just is just it's just different than any place in Utah. Being that you just don't get those big mountains right outside of that. You know, I mean, Moab's at four thousand feet. There's nine thousand feet of elevation difference in between a twenty mile stretch. Yeah. And so it's just it's just different in that aspect. Yeah, you can go places and see monuments. You can go places see deep canyons, but are you gonna see a thirteen thousand foot mountain at the bottom of them? Yeah, so that's that's the great thing about about um, Moab. Is just so many there's so many things to do there. I mean, you can go. It doesn't even matter if you live there. Like for myself, like I live there, I've been there for almost four years now and it just there's just more things to see. Yeah. My list has just gotten bigger yeah. every single time. You know, wow. like the longer and longer I stay, the list just gets bigger and bigger, the things I need to go do.
0: So speaking of like when, when your athletes come out and do your trail stuff, they can tell you what you like doing better. It sounds like you just glow Moab, but half of your races are outside of Moab. Like, have you thought about... Like, are there just not enough weekends in Moab? Or do you just have like, have you thought about just transitioning Mad Moose all the way to Moab and and doing things there? and Maybe selling off the other stuff. Or you no, like? No, no, no. It's just a different... no, no.
1: We're 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 looking and expanding yeah. <laughs> even further. You know. Yeah. And we're we're looking this winter to to for a big big push in twenty twenty two because. We really think that uh, 2022 is going to be real big for, for organized events and, and for event promoters. And yeah. and I just think it's going to be like a real big year. So we're looking to, to get from 20 to 30 by okay. 2022. I mean, cool. the, the kids are graduated from school. <clears throat> Cross-country and t- track takes up a ton of my weekends. Yeah. And with them not doing that anymore gives me that freedom. Yeah. You know, I, I don't have to be worried about like how many weekends I'm working now cuz I'm with my family every single day. I'm with the people that are the most important and so it, I I yeah, we don't have any intentions of stopping yeah. and and with Moab, I just think that uh there's already so many things that are going on. Like I'm not even really sure they would give us another permit. Wow. Um they really there it is very 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 challenging mm. to secure permits in Moab. They they are they're tough wow yeah and and they and they and they put us through the ringer every single time in order to get in uh mm. A, a permit even though we've been hosting events we live in town and we've done a really great job it doesn't matter yeah so um it, there's no more opportunities in my opinion oh, and we've we pretty much soaked all those up and and hosted events on what i think that there are as far as weekends and so that's why we we moved out to monticello and i did hosted our bears ears ultra this year and just kind of started spreading out and yeah and we're from colorado <clears throat> So all yeah. the races that we have in Colorado Springs, those are the places I grew up. I grew up in Palmer Park. I grew up on high drive and, and running all the Pikes Peak trails up there. And yeah. you know, I never just really spent any time on Bar Trail. Mm-hmm. And so um, I just wanted to host races in the places where I grew up running, yeah. where I found running. And so even though we don't live in Colorado anymore or Colorado Springs, it, it really is our home. Yeah. And um, you know, my brother just moved back, so he so we do have some people here in town and so, to. and I have a feeling my kids will move back, um, in the fall okay. uh, of next year. Yeah, I, I'm so, not coming back. So but.
0: they're, they're a pretty, inter- well, not even a pretty, they're a completely integral part in the business for, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So they're, you, you've literally built this business around your family, You're, they're co-owners in the business. They're, they're right there. I see they, like they do your social media and stuff. And yeah. Yeah, uh, there's some uh, some pictures of Malachi like directing traffic before the races and stuff. <laughs> yeah,
1: they they do everything. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's been really interesting with COVID because you know before it was just like, just take the aid station supplies. Here's a sheet, throw it all on the ground, set it up. Yeah. Now it's more like corporate. Yeah. Um, I have to like go to the aid station and every table has to be set up a certain way, right. and everything has to be done a certain way, and the, and everything needs to be so now my my corporate experience yeah um, but yeah they've been doing all that they do anything that we will do so they're they're uh like I said teenagers but they we we, we treat them like adults and we hold That's them awesome. accountable and uh, I mean I, I will I will tell them when they're when they're making mistakes yeah and um yeah we they do everything so That's they, awesome. they run our social media and they are equal partners so it's just the five of us running the small family business together and so we just I mean, most of the times we're just sitting in the living room together, just hanging out all on laptops, you know, just filling out permits, doing newsletters, (laughs) social media, all that kind of fun stuff.
0: Were you guys afforded some latitude being trail races um, with COVID or did you like how many events did you can't? So basically, you know, quick recap for those listening from through the second week of March, the industry as a whole, we were actually up about 3% across the board. Um, and then second week of March, since then we've been down as an industry, roughly 95%, 94 and a half percent down as an industry. But it seems like I know, um, uh, Jen Pfeiffer, who was just on the podcast, she did your last race, the, the, um, the ultra, the 50, um, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, dead horse, dead horse. That's yep. right. um, and so you're, you're, you've had some luck putting on events this year still. Was that because their trail, you guys were given a little bit more latitude or did you cancel, like how long did you guys cancel events for?
1: We cancel, So we were like one of the first ones. Yeah. Um, Moab, Grand County was, they were trying to, I mean, close our events before okay. everything really started. Um, before everything really started shutting down. So we started dealing with, and we actually canceled our, we were one of the first events to cancel. And we canceled both our Canyonlands event and our Behind the Rocks event in March. And then we canceled everything after that until June. And then our first one was Bears Ears, uh, June 25th or 26th, something okay. like that. So we did Bears Ears. And that was kind of fun because that was, um, you know, a co, like we were, Doing an event during a, a global pandemic, yeah. and and it was an inaugural event. So we, we, you know, we, like trying to put, put that perfect all together. Perfect time to yeah. start a business. Yeah. Perfect time <laughs> to start it, you know, a brand new event in a really tough place. We did cancel the 50 mile okay. at that, at that event. And we did cancel the 50 mile at like our Pikes Peak Ultra. Cause we just felt like 50 milers, um, needed a lot more from, from us. They, 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 they were going to want to stop and sit at the aid stations. They want us to untie their shoes. They want us mm. to fill their bottles. They're just a lot needy, needier than like, say the 50 K runner. So we just were kind of like, well, you You know, we're going to just start with. 50k distances as an under, and um, we we were actually able to host some road events too. So okay. we did we did the classic 10k in July, and that was the USATF 10k like state championship. So we had some Olympians and some really fast uh, marathoners come out for that, and um, so we were able we were able to do some trail races, but we we're also able to do some road races. We did a road event in uh, October, our okay. Arches half marathon on the road. So we but we just had to do it a little yeah. different. So I had okay. to cancel the shuttles because it's not possible to shuttle everybody to the start and put mm-hmm. them all on shuttles right. and then do wave starts, especially yeah. when you got to close a highway down and you can only do it for a certain number of time. Yeah. So we just did an out and back. Okay. Got so it. and we just did waves and did out and back. So we just were, we just the second it all happened. I mean, even before everything got shut down, our county was like, hey, you're gonna have to come up with all these new plans. Yeah. So Denise and I had spent the whole entire weekend, a weekend that we had like gone out of town for in order to like get away before the big, you know, big season started to kind of relax. We spent the entire weekend coming up with COVID plans. Wow. And so then by Monday, they were going to cancel it. And by, by Tuesday evening, we canceled. So, okay. Were they giving
0: you a lot of, um, so like you went off and did this weekend where you were coming up with these plans, were they giving you pretty specific guidance or was it a lot of vagaries where you were sort of like mm, i don't know yeah, what think, if we did this and what if we did this they didn't give us any guidance yeah, yeah, yeah you know, it was tough. just
1: yeah it was just kind of like what could we think of you know, got it. And so we just kind of looked around between like what other local businesses were doing, yeah. you know, and just being like, hey, we got to keep people separate and we got to, we can't let them like touch the same things. And so we just looked at like what our grocery store was doing Okay, and then just looked at it as, as how our business was, was set up and how we could take the things that they were doing Yeah, at, at that, at, you know, and, 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 and. To make our business yeah. work out. So we, we canceled things like beer gardens and right. I, we didn't even post like results on a results board. Cause you know, you've been in any race, everybody yeah. has to touch the results board. Right. Like you can't just walk up and look at the results. You got to get your finger all the way across yeah. and there's always 10 people around it. And so we just, we just sat yep. down and we were like, where do people get together? Okay, And we got to eliminate That's all good. those get together things.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Jen was really complimentary of the race and said she felt like perfectly safe and taken care of, and that you guys had considered all the things and all that stuff. So, yeah, that was that was a it's been it's been really tough.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it just it's a lose lose situation for us right now. Like, we, if we cancel, people are pissed. Yeah, and if we don't cancel, people are pissed. And sure. so, as event organizers, this year has been yeah. it's just been filled with negativity and and, yeah. and hatred. In our you know, way, whether whether we do or we don't, and so it's yeah. been kind of a tough. It's been kind of a tough year.
0: Yeah, I have a pretty hardline stance on entrepreneurship, and and as these things have happened, where you know, like I look at you and your family, like Mad Moose is your sovereignty. It's your freedom. It's the things where you don't have to go back in and take a corporate job, and it's like I don't unless you've been there, unless you've been an entrepreneur and have been in charge of your own and other people's payroll and those types of things. It's a really difficult thing to relate to. Um, and again, that kind of personal freedom and sovereignty. And so when when that starts to get threatened um, without being given an opportunity to like, hey, let me let me try to solve the problems. Let me come to you and say, here's my plan. Here's how I think I can keep people safe. To just have that taken away, uh, which is what is happening to millions of people right now in the country is really difficult to watch, and it's even more difficult uh, to watch others try to destroy them and take them down for what they perceive to be the right thing. You right. Know? Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. I, I
1: mean, I've pretty much gotten off of Facebook <laughs> and social media this year. Yeah, I, I mean, I I, I <clears throat> got. I mean, I still have Facebook, sure. but I just don't log in anymore. Yeah. It's tough. And so I just don't. I just don't. I just I'm going to do me yeah. and I'm going to consult with my health professionals and with right. my local health departments and I'm going to come up with plans that work. And if they don't think that they'll work, then they should just tell me no and I'll yep. move on. And we've had, you know, for example, like Gunnison County wasn't here in Colorado, wasn't really interested in working with us. And mm-hmm. so I just yeah. started new, started, I just postponed or redid my events that I had in the spring in Colorado Springs because yeah. they wanted to work with us. So yeah. we just, it's been, you know,
0: it, yeah. It, it, it. <laughs> no, and, and for the for your benefit, so we don't get a bunch of people um, calling you out again. Going back to you know my friend Jen, who did your race, she just said you guys did everything right. So um, kudos to you on that. So you mentioned twenty twenty two is being a big opportunity. I kind of I'm like in the same boat as that as you on that one. Like I see as devastating as COVID has been, I felt like things got a little stuffy in our industry. You have things like, you know, um, Iron Man sells for a billion dollars and all that stuff. And and our industry started getting, uh, just started like being afraid to take new chances and do different things. And I think back to when early on when I got in and you had like Color Run and Spartan and all of these different formats start to, to um, kind of bubble up and, you know, some were more successful than others, obviously. But it feels like by just completely chopping this business down to like, the roots, it gives us an opportunity to come back in different ways. And, and things like ultras are obviously just tailor-made for that, where it's like, have shoes, we'll, will race kind of thing. You know, it's pretty simplistic, but, um, what do you see? Like, do you see just kind of more of the same? Are you guys thinking about innovations and things and different ways that you can look at racing in that regard or, or, um, how are you looking at things?
1: I, I, I definitely think that there will be some operational and logistical things that we kind of change. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, the wave starts. Um, we've kind of enjoyed those a little bit. I, I don't think we're going to do like five or ten people at a time, but I for surely think that we'll do a, a men's start. And then two or three minutes later, we'll do a women's start. And then we'll do like a main field start. So that, um, I just, I just feel like the ladies getting standing to get to stand next to each other. Um, and all get to start together is just kind of created like a different kind of energy. And, and Denise does all of our announcing. And so when the ladies start, she's like, Hey, I've got a whole bunch of rabbits out there for you guys to chase today. And so she always, every single race, she turns (laughs) it into a really fun thing. Like, Hey, those guys are out there and they think they're faster than you and uh, you should chase them down.
0: Where do you put Courtney Walker in there? We'll like, put yeah. it with the ladies, you know, <laughs>
1: those guys are all going to get caught, but uh, man, but just to be able to start them together, like has yeah. kind of a different feel and different energy. And, um, so I we think that some of those things will change a little bit, but I think overall most everything that we do will kind of be the same yeah. as what we've always kind of done. So,
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I think there's, a um, On the, I'll be really curious to see where, because we've seen a lot more people running and riding and different things in our neighborhood through here, here, uh, where, you know, I mean, we've got this, like we moved here specifically for these great walking and running trails and they were just empty always. I mean, have a little bit like at dinner time, you know, people would be out for their walks. And now pretty much any hour of the day, you've got kids riding bikes and people riding bikes. And so I'm really curious to see if people, if people stick to this and you know, like actually start taking health a little bit more seriously. And if that then starts to translate out into other things, cause that's basically what happened in like 08 with the financial crisis right. is, you know, these big explosions and running and stuff and fitness in the seventies so, too. Right. Yeah, I mean, sure. there was,
1: there was a big downturn in the economy yeah, and that's when the first big marathon boom happened. Yeah. So yeah, we think it's going to be a big boom and we really truly believe it's going to be a big boom in the trail. Seen because we just truly believe that most people have gotten away. I mean, there's like you said, there's still there's more people that are running in town than they were before. But I mean, just just go to Moab. I I, we were I'm I'm on the Trail Builders Association, so I'm the trail running representative there Mm -hmm. in town. And um, the National Forest announced that they had like something like fifteen thousand bikes go down the whole enchilada in two thousand nineteen, and this year had twenty five thousand. Wow. So I mean. I yeah. just think people are getting out on the trails and they're going mm-hmm. into their mountains, especially in the places like Colorado and Utah. Yeah. And so I just think that like, we're going to see a big boom on the, you know, like mount- we know mountain bike sales are up and bike sales are up big time. Can't and, buy one. Yeah, you can't even get anything yeah. and you can't get parts, nothing. And so we know that like, um, I, we we believe 2021 is going to have a very same feel to 2020. I mean, there's definitely a lot more hope and optimism yeah. and things of that sort. Um, but we still believe that it's going to be wave starts and you know the the the, the, the all the things that we right. do now like you know we're not going to do shuttles i mean we could see that maybe shuttles are coming back and some of those kind of things in yeah. the fall but um, we see that 2021 is going to be very similar to what, what last year was yeah. and that, um, there's still going to be a lot of mandates and restrictions and, and all these other special things that you got to do. Um, and then we think 2022 will be a lot, lot, a lot better. So yeah. the, we think that like the event organizers that hosted events in 2020, like if you're looking to host events, we've been telling people you should just stick with, you know, not just us. And we're not just saying just us. We're just saying yeah. The, the race directors that have taken the extra time, the extra energy to live up to their obligations. Yeah. You know, when we when we take a registration from a runner, we look at that as like, I'm trying to give them a life-changing experience. And mm-hmm. so when I take their registration... It's not about just hosting. It's about hosting the event and doing everything I possibly can to host yeah. the event. But it's also making sure that they have a really great time and this life-changing experience that I'm going to give them. You know, And I want to help them through the 50 miles so that they yeah. have as few roadblocks created by me as a race director. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, we just we just like to see, you know, I've just been telling our running community, like support the race directors that have put the extra work in this year to, you, you know, to, to yeah. make the things happen. Cause you know, we've hosted, we hosted nine. So we've hosted nine events Yeah. post, post COVID. And so, um, and there's, there's a few
0: others that have have put in that extra work. So. No, and I mean, and you mentioned it with your son, you know, we see it, we hear it, we talk to athletes all the time, the amount of, um, you know, Uh, depression, whether that's a capital T or a lowercase T with races not being around. It's so, I don't think uh, you can put a price on the effort and the energy and the, all of the things that it takes to put on an event, you know, like the, you know, it's something that whatever, 13 to 15 million people are going to cross a finish line uh, on feet this year in the U.S., and that's represented by just a few thousand race directors. You know, it's not like uh, millions of race directors and they're just coming out of the woodwork. I mean, it's a, it's a hard job and we encourage athletes every time that we can. Like, you know, thank a race director Right now, especially reach out to race directors and let them know we'll be there when you're there. You know, we're not going anywhere, that type of thing, because there's a, I mean, you know, there's a lot of race directors who are hanging up the shoes this, this season to say, you know, who knows if they'll ever come back, you know? Yeah, for sure. The,
1: our market's going to look a lot different in 2022. It's just going to be, the people who were not doing it for the right reasons Mm -hmm. um, are not going to be doing it anymore. And so maybe that's not a bad thing. I mean, it's probably not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, It's probably not a bad thing.
0: So let's talk on Mad Moose real quick. What is like an ideal? So let's, let's just talk about the, the Moab events for a second. Like what is a kind of prototypical way somebody, experiences one of your events, meaning like, am I camping? Am I airbnb in in Moab? Like tell me the whole weekend type experience for one of your races typically. So are,
1: I mean, we have- I know it both, runs the gamut right. obviously, it's really,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, we, but we
1: have some events that are, that are typically like in January, yeah, like January 30th, you don't want to sleep on the ground <laughs> or in a tent or really in a camp, or even though we will be at the, t- the start, be. I'll be at the start yeah. in, a, in an RV, you know, just, but most people don't want to camp for that one or really right. even dead horse. Uh, but like by the time Behind the Rocks happens, uh, that's in a March event okay. and uh, it's kind of outside of town. It's about 15 miles outside of town, south of town. And there's just, it's just like the last hidden gem of Moab. There's just nobody out there. And so we'll have. 800 runners for that event and 250 of them will camp with us um okay. they don't usually stay on saturday night they just roll in usually like friday night at like midnight and wake everybody else up and then uh roll out on saturday because they want to get a shower and <laughs> things of that sort but um we typically have quite a few people that camp for that one so it's a mix of both yeah i um, mean, some of the new road events that we have um taken off the road um and we've moved out to behind the rocks That's- Okay. Little setup that's out there, and so we've added like a marathon. And, and and you know, with the road race, you can only have like four hours. So, um, where the road is closed now, we can you can stay. Yeah.
0: I mean, you have like seven or eight hours to finish a half marathon. So, you kind of camping with other runners, are you spread out? Is it a pretty kind of it, a communal type of it? We you can do either, you know, like either.
1: yeah, it could. So, like we had this year with our 24 hour because we had a 24 hour in the same spot, um, we just we just spread people out a lot yeah. more and it was a smaller event and, um, we weren't concerned about people being real close cause we know that we can put like a thousand, we usually have like a thousand people and we only had 120 something. So, yeah. um, but yeah, like, there's just so much camping out there. Yeah. So it, for both of those events, or our Moab events, it's, it's, it just depends on what type of the year. And each event has a different feel. Like they okay. really truly do. Um, some of our races, like a Amasa has more of like a road feel because it's 25K, that's the farthest distance. And so <laughs> um, it has a little bit more of a road feel. So each race is completely different okay. from, from from one another.
0: So So, so from like March to... Like, when is, when is safe camping weather in Moab? March to like October? September? Yeah,
1: you don't want to camp in the summertime. Okay. You yeah, don't? Yeah. No. Too hot? Oh, no, no, it's like 110. Okay. Just um, too hot. So, yeah, usually camping's good from like middle of March until okay. middle of May. Okay. And, and then so spring and fall events? Yeah, just spring and fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that's why we do the winter ones <clears> too, because, you know, most race directors are. They don't want to be in the snow all day, you know, And but we don't care. Yeah. Yeah, we don't care. So we just want to give runners- You lived in 60 square feet with babies, so (laughs) you don't (laughs) care. You're
0: used to the punishment. Yeah, so we, I
1: mean, for Arches, Ultra in January, we typically have to like shovel the the the, uh, parking lot yeah. area where we're going to set up our arch and all that stuff. So, and we go out and like shovel the aid station areas so that the sun can hit it. Cause, uh, it doesn't, the, the snow doesn't melt like it did in Colorado. I thought when I moved to Moab, like, oh, I'm never going to have snow. No, it snows there. And then it stays for like three or four weeks. Wow. okay And then it snows again, like eight, 10 inches and stays three or four weeks. So we pretty much have snow on the ground all year long. Okay. And so, yeah, um, okay. Yeah, so the, each race has a different feel. And even our Colorado races are the yeah. same way. Like we got our Gunnison events like our crested butte Ultra and our Sage Burner. Um,
0: those events people camp with us more. Yeah.
1: Especially our volunteers and, and our ambassadors and things
0: like that. That's so, what's so cool about the 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 ultra uh scene and, and especially where you guys have your events and things is like again, as we're as we as the COVID cloud lifts, hopefully, and you're looking to get, you know, more of a I don't know, an integrated, connected, meaningful experience in your life. Like that, that to me is such a great opportunity. Certainly if you're listening to this podcast, the, the idea of like going out this spring and going down to Moab and camping and running and Maybe more importantly, extending that you know, because everybody's got these great stories of oh, I was on course, I met this person, great this conversation. But like thinking about Friday night and camping, and you know, sharing those stories, and then racing the next day, and extending that out like it's just such a like a one of these experiences that you may never experience racing the same way again, you know. I, I think people
1: were. I mean I think I think when this all happened, people were like, oh running, we can do it without the organized events. Yeah. Um and that was kind of like the general theme. Like just go out and run a trail. Like we'll just shut them all down. It's, it's all not a big thing, deal. So right? like, whatever yeah. whatever, just shut them all down. Who cares? We can you can run anywhere. And I think what people realized was is there's a reason why they're coming to the events. Yeah. And you know, it's their social group and it's not about running. Um uh like anywhere you want at any point it's about running with those thousand people that signed yeah. up to be there that weekend and so um yeah sure there's some people who do like to run alone but i think the biggest part of our community realized this you know this last year yeah. that they really do value that community and i just I'm, I think that I think that there's going to be a lot more community than ever before. For sure. So, yeah. you know, and we're we're already talking about like, you know, what can we do to create better community atmosphere at the finish cuz we have missed it as well. And we will admit that we aren't the best sometimes at creating um, I and mean, we create a good community just because we host good events, but we don't do like the after parties mm. and the beer gardens and all those kind of things. Like we actually don't have any beer gardens and we don't have any after parties. You know, we just, <laughs> we have our event and that's it. You go home and do your thing. And so we've been trying to figure out new yeah. ideas and new plans and things to try to create community. Cause I think what, what people realized was, is the events are like their personal trainer. Yeah, they put their money down, and I know I have because I've been really disappointed this year. Because, you know, I I put my money down on a race, I I get committed, I run and run and run and run, and then they cancel it a week before. And I've had tons of races canceled this year that I've, you know, that I've even signed up for like two weeks before, going Mm. like, well, what can change? It's it's August. (laughs) What can change in two weeks? COVID's been here since March. What can change? And then they cancel it on me seven days later, and it's like. You knew seven days ago (laughs) when you took my money and now you don't, you know, you'd like, and, and so what, you know, we've learned a lot is like, we want to treat our, our customers, you know, the way yeah. that we want to be treated. And that's if we take your registration, we're going to do everything we possibly can to host the event. And if they tell us no, then they tell us no. And, and there's nothing that we can do about it. But yeah. we have signed up for so many events this year just to have them canceled. Like we signed up like, I'm just going to wait till two weeks before because if they're taking payments two weeks before, they've got right. to. So, you know, hopefully, um, and that's the reason why we've tried to follow through this year is because we want to let our customer base know yeah. that we're not going to do that. And if you're looking to like put your money down on something and then, and then put your energy into it and be able to come all the way through your goal, then in 2021, you should sign up with somebody who has shown that they're going to do that.
0: That's a great point.
1: Because there's so many other race directors that, in my opinion, are giving the rest of us, like you said, 95% of us aren't, aren't hosting events. Those 95%, 70% of them are still taking registrations. Mm. Got it. You know? And so I think that that's what's... Like, there's all this mistrust that's happening now within our community, within our running because they don't trust race directors. Because, mm. I mean, I don't. That's interesting. I mean, I'm, I, I mean, I've signed up for tons and had yeah. tons. I mean, the whole series. And I signed, got Airbnbs this fall and wow. they just didn't end up working out and they canceled them all at once. And it was wow. just like, wow, now, you know, like, that's not what we want to offer yeah, for, our, for our runners. We want to do... When they when they sign up for our event, we're going to do everything we possibly can. In order to follow through.
0: Cool. On that. So well, Mad Moose carrying the water for everybody right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a point in the podcast. We we normally do a little ten question dash. You ready to answer some questions? So sure. you can you can answer these questions from like the the race director side or the runner side since you wear both hats. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put on a little theme music here. So all righty. So, uh, first question, uh, only honest answers here. So first question, easy. Uh, what's your gear look like? What, what brands, like what kind of shoes do you typically like to run in? I only run a new balance, only run a new yeah, balance. Only new balance.
1: When I wear a 14 oh. and I need a two E. And oh, so wow. when, when you would like type in 14, two E, the only thing that really comes up is new so balance. balance. Okay. Yeah. Do and you, especially that we like in a, in a racing flat and things like that. So
0: what do you run trails in? Do you run trails in a trail shoe or in a road shoe? combination of both now that I've
1: gotten older I wear more trail shoes when I was younger I would wear the lightest shoe I could possibly
0: find but that's not really sustainable yeah I (laughs) I wear trail shoes to the mall uh next race uh well what is your next race so you only run so the question was bike runner or uh, like OCR or something else but you run so what's your next race you're signed up for I'm not signed up for any of Okay. Any no. what's your what's your bucket list event? What's the one that's out there that you'd love to do? The only thing that's left is the Leadville 100. Okay. There that's the only right. one, yeah. All right. Good, good. Um, you got a favorite sports book, movie, anything you want to share with us? Documentary? Uh... What's your favorite. I see ESPN's doing a thirty for thirty on the on the whole Born to Run thing. Yeah, that's what that's what Denise said, and I I saw that comes out tomorrow. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm more just a Star Wars fan. Okay.
1: And a, and a Tour de France
0: fan. So okay, you know, we're I, good. you know, I, that's fine. <laughs> I don't,
1: running, I watch a little bit,
0: but alrighty. So okay. Uh, so what's your favorite race that you've ever run?
1: Um, I would say Red Hot. Okay. I mean, I it was
0: my first ultra. And okay. um, you know, I, I ran it quite a few times. So very good. So that that I was gonna. The next question was, what's your favorite race of the ones that you own? So would that pro- be? The,
1: it's probably, no, probably Pikes Peak Ultra okay. is my favorite, right. just very because good. that's where I grew up and that's where I, you know. All right. Found running.
0: Uh, do you listen to music when you run? I do. Okay. What's the What's your home stretch song? Which gets you across that finish line? I only listen to EDM and house music. Oh wow. <laughs> trap music okay. when i'm running so <laughs> all right well then uh, the next question was what's the most embarrassing artist on your playlist so oh
1: I, geez i don't know yeah
0: all right well, good. <laughs> well we'll say that so uh all right do you have a pre-race ritual or superstition you do no, anything crazy no not really no it's funny how people are either like oh, i've got 17 of them or i have none
1: yeah, I tried not to get, tried not to think about it too much, yeah. you know, because I'm an overthinker. Yeah, I hear. So, you. so I tried to just like let Denise pick up my packet and not go to <laughs> the expo and just watch TV and just chill and just try not to think about it. So That's
0: probably a good policy. Yeah. All right, living or dead, who would you most like to share a long run with? Uh, Steve Prefontaine. Oh, very good. That's a great answer. You're the first to give that one. That's surprising. It's interesting. All right, last question, Justin. Uh, what is the secret?
1: The secret for anything. exactly. Uh I don't know. Just enjoy life.
0: Just enjoy life. Yeah,
1: do what you what you love. Very good.
0: Well, you are certainly the the poster boy for that. You've definitely lived that life. I think that's um you know, it's this year especially with with so much change and strife and stress and death and blah, you know, all of those other things, like I don't know. I think people identify with, um, that kind of hero story, like that big epic thing that happens that then gets you to rethink your life. And we're all waiting for this massive catharsis to happen for us to really make change. But you kind of like, we're just like, nope. you know, I just want to make a change. And you went and made a really radical change. And I just, uh, I think it's super inspiring and, uh, Congratulations on that and for making it work for so long and building really, a, I think, an admirable and envious life around it with you and your family. So, Thank you. I yeah, appreciate you're welcome. It. Any uh, words of wisdom you'd like to share with the listeners here or anything else you'd like to say other than come out to a Mad Moose event? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, not really, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's good. I think that's well, it. again, I will. I will tell everybody. I mean, you know, go out to a Mad Moose event. I've talked to somehow I've skirted this and not been to one of your events and not done one of your events. But I absolutely will as events start to come back. But everybody that I've talked to here in town um, that has done your events have loved them. I love your your gear. Again, your hats are like my favorite around. So definitely. Definitely get people as as adventures. If you're looking for a great adventure this spring, I think doing something out in Moab or Colorado Springs would be a pretty fantastic way to spend a weekend. Yes, yeah, I agree. Uh huh. Oh, and cool. our
1: courses are super tough, so don't come looking for me afterward.
0: <laughs> <'Cause laughs> well, who wants hard? an easy ultra?
1: No, it's they're all super hard. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Well, thank
0: you very much for coming on the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Any Anytime, I, I mean that very much so. So uh, um, on that note, we will say goodbye, and that was uh, fantastic. So hope you enjoyed it. More people racing more often, having more fun in the process is our mission. Thanks again to Justin Ricks of Mad Moose Events for sharing his story. Go check them out uh, for some great races around Colorado and Utah. The best way to support this podcast is be sure to click subscribe on iTunes or follow us on Spotify to be notified of new shows. Give us a rating and a quick review on iTunes. So uh, we do a special post for each episode on Instagram. So look for the post with episode 18 with a picture of Justin or a Mad Moose logo. We'll figure out what we're going to have on that post. But uh, if you have any comments or questions, we are at Athlinks or shoot us an email to podcast at Athlinks.com. Share it with friends far and wide. Help spread the word. Tell people about it when you're in line at the grocery store. And until next time, happy racing, everybody.